Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. What's up, guys? Welcome to ID Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. Whether you're dating, single, married, or struggling in a relationship, you're in the right place. We're here to help give you the tools to succeed. On today's episode, we welcome Winifred Riley. And Winifred is a marriage and family therapist with a private practice in Berkeley, California. She has been practicing for 35 years. She has a ton of awesome knowledge. She's a guest lecturer on marriage and sexuality, and her writing has appeared in the Huffington Post, The Good Men Project, and many other outlets. And today we focus on how one partner can take the lead in a relationship in creating change. And I love this because... It's a common held myth. I know I have heard of it and my vision on it has changed. A lot of that has to do through this podcast, but many of you may think that, well, it takes both people at the same time to put in the work to create change. And while that's partially true, it's not entirely true. And Winifred talks about the steps that you can take to create change in your relationship without necessarily having your partner be right along with you 50%, 50% each side. Sometimes it creates, you need a leader in the relationship to take that initiative. I use the analogy during the interview that I picture two people walking up to a door and one says, no, after you. And the next one says, no, after you. And and they just keep going back and forth, kind of like in a comedy maybe like a 1950s comedy, not too funny these days. But but the point being that nothing happens. Everyone, each, each side is waiting for the other one to, to sort of take the lead when instead you, you need to just be that person. Don't sit there and wait for your partner. And it's okay. Put your ego aside 
and understand that if you want to improve your relationship, it's going to take you talking to you listening right now to take that initiative and create the change. And Winifred gives us a lot of great tools to create that change. And another thing Winifred talks about that I can really relate to is about, in addition to making that change, is when it comes to arguments, she talked specifically about making it your own rule. So if you're not happy about how the situation or the conversation is going, take a break, make it your own rule to go back to the situation to go back to the conversation when you're ready. So don't just feel that you have to stay in an uncomfortable or a bad argument just to get resolution. Um, And so she really dives in deep on that and how you can use that to have a better conversation. Absolutely. So a lot of great tips in today's episode. As always, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. The podcast continues to grow each week. We get more and more listeners, more and more reviews, messages on Facebook, on our email, and it's really great. I, I think almost daily now we're getting messages from you guys that, hey, this is helping my relationship or, Hey, my, my husband and I listen together and, and now we're seeing a therapist and things are, are really starting to improve. So we love to hear that. And you can support the podcast by listening, by leaving us a review, telling your friends. You can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast. You can sign up under our affiliate link there and we get a small percentage of your sign up fee, uh, but it's actually free for the first 30 days. So you can sign up and you can download an audiobook. Uh, a lot of the audiobooks or, or books that are recommended on the show are also in the form of audiobooks. So if you're looking to get relationship advice from some of our listener, uh, f- some of our guests, you can download their audiobook for free for a 30 day free trial at audible.com forward slash I do podcast. Actually, that's audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast and enjoy today's show. Support for I do podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Winifred. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. We've given our listeners a little overview about what you do. So why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Okay. Well, I am a marriage and family therapist. I've been working almost exclusively with couples for more than 30 years. Uh, I'm in a long marriage myself and, uh, you know, when my own marriage got to be uh, more challenging than I expected, I was watching people around me divorce, and I decided that that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. But I knew that lots of people were struggling, and even as a therapist, I didn't precisely know why. So I began 
to really fully look in to what makes uh, relationships work, how people can be successful, uh, where the pitfalls are, and um, a lot of what the myths are about what makes for successful or unsuccessful marriage. And so what I really love is uh, I love helping people who want to be married figure out how to stay married and actually be really happy together and productive and effective. And it's not always by doing what it is they think. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the myths of working on a relationship and dispelling them because today's topic to me is, uh, I think it's a myth in my own head and I'm sure a lot of others that both partners need to initiate the change in a relationship. And you have a book almost completely on this topic of how one partner can initiate positive, far-reaching change in a marriage or in a relationship. So I'd like to just talk about that for a little bit and maybe just you can lead us off with how it can be initiated by one side in the relationship to create that change. Yeah, I love talking about about this. Um, you know, it's it's an unconventional idea, uh, but very it's very powerful because the party line about marriage is that it takes two. You know, we hear people say all the time, marriage is a two way street. It's a fifty fifty proposition. People have to meet each other halfway. Um, and you know, the therapy community, you know, says, well, if your partner doesn't really want to put in the effort, there's nothing that you can do. You both have to put two feet in, but that's not how it really happens in the real world. Uh, you know, often you'll have one partner who's too discouraged to try or has one foot out the door um, or somebody, you know, or, the, or you have one person who's, who's got a vision for change, an idea of a better relationship or something different to want to change the rules. And that doesn't, you know, should, should that person just give up because their spouse doesn't share their vision? You know, sometimes someone's longing for change and the other one just digs in their heels or says, you know, I don't know what the problem is. I think things are fine. And so couples give up and, and, or they settle, which is also not a good idea. Um, but the, the alternative is if your spouse won't join you, join you in changing your marriage, take the lead. You know, in business, people say, oh yeah, being a leader, being the one who steps out, having a vision, you're, you're an innovator. But when people uh, think I'm going to take the lead in changing my marriage, they say, well, that can't possibly work. You know, it's like it, it takes two. And so uh, one of the keys to, to, to changing your marriage all on your own is that you actually have to let go of this. It takes two paradigm and recognize that that's how all change happens. Change happens when one person has a good idea and then goes about trying to make that thing happen. And so in marriage, it's no different if you wait for your partner to have the same inspiration or the same desires or the same vision, you're going to live in what I talk about as the kind of lowest common denominator life. You're going to only do and feel and talk about the things that both of you are agreeing are acceptable. And so the process of changing your marriage on your own is that you stop focusing on what your partner's contribution is, what your partner is putting into the marriage, and you focus 
on what you're doing and you begin to change your own actions. You begin to change your own reactions. And, you know, we all know about ecology that, you know, in a, it's for families and marriages are the same. It's like a river. If you have a, if someone's dumping pollution into one end of the river, the whole river is a mess. But when you start to clean up one part of a system, the rest of the system begins to change. And so it's not exactly that you are changing the marriage all by yourself, but you're changing the marriage that the two of you uh, live, live within. And then everything begins to change. It becomes more of a, a synergy than just one person doing something. So what's the next step after letting go um, that our listeners can take to initiate some involvement or to start incorporating their vision of change? Okay. Well, the, the next step is that people actually have to, you have to stop focusing on your spouse's contribution and focus on your own. Uh, and what that means is, is, is that's more complicated than people think because most of us, when we actually really stop noticing the part that our partner plays, many of us realize that we have no idea what part we play. And so in my book, I actually talk about my own experiment in my own marriage when I decided to make a commitment to just focusing on myself. I was really, first, I was surprised at how little I knew about my part. But then I was surprised to find that I actually am as stubborn as my husband and that I actually, at the time, would start just about as many fights as he started Uh, or that uh, no fight was too stupid for me to stay fully engaged with. And I started to uh, question, you know, Am I, it, it, are there some of these aspects of the way we're engaging that I can change? Can I drop the tug of war rope? Can I not dig in and need to be right? Can I not think that, you know, just because he doesn't agree with me, I have to, you know, fight to the death. So the first step is shifting your focus to yourself. Um, and then, then the kind of the practical aspect is I tell people, just you have to start with identifying one problem and one problem interaction, not a what's one problem with your spouse, but one what's the one interaction that drives you nuts, you know? And, and it could be, uh, oh, we have this circular fight and then I end up crying, or uh, uh, or I have, you know, I, I just I blow up and then everything, you know, goes sideways. And so I tell people. Pick the one thing that you want to work on about yourself. So it might be, uh, instead of escalating so quickly, I want to work toward uh, keeping a cool head. Or instead of running out of the room when I, when I get angry, I want to calm down and actually start to talk about what I think and feel. That in, you know, instead of X, I would like to do Y. And so that is, and, and then you're not saying, but if you don't do X, I can't do Y. Because people often say, we can't talk about this, or I can't do this. And I, I say, why not? Who, who made those rules? Why not question the rules? The rules were made, you know, sort of unconsciously early on in your relationship. And we outgrow 
the rules. We'll never talk about sex. I won't ever question this. We won't ever go there. And we'll always agree on this. That, that it, gets, it gets tight. It gets old. And I say, question the rules. And that's the stuff we do unilaterally. We don't sit down and say, so can we both agree that uh, I think we drink too much and we're going to both cut back? Somebody says, you know, I think we drink too much and I'm going to cut back. And so, um, you know, we drink too much. I'm going to cut back. You can do what you want to do. I just don't think it's good for our family life. So we make, we be, we take these first steps or we say, when we're fighting, you're nasty and I don't like that. And so if you get nasty, I'm going to say, talk to me nicely or else let's take a break and come back to it when we're calm. That we don't have to agree that being there for each other means I'm going to stand here while you yell at me. These are the inherent rules that people think they have to live by. And the one to tango idea is make a move, take a move, go do something that feels right to you, speak up or don't do the thing that you know doesn't work. So just to clarify, so when the example that you just gave about saying that you don't like to be talked to a certain way. Mm -hmm. Are you suggesting that they don't say that and they just continue the conversation or that they do continue on and and walk away from the conversation and make it their own new rule? Yes. No, it's it's the latter. It's you say, Hey, look, you know, when, when, when we argue, you, you escalate and you get pretty nasty and, you know, we've been doing this, and, and, you know, you get pretty nasty, and we've been doing this for a long time uh, like this, and I don't like it anymore. So I, y- you can either come back up and talk to me with respect, or I'm going to actually go read a book, and when you want to talk to me about our issue, you, you need to come to me in a way where we're actually peers talking about this, that somebody unilaterally changes the rules. Now, the partner isn't going to give you a parade and say, you know, I think that this is great. You're not going to get a fanfare. They're going to say, you know, this isn't fair. You don't want to listen to me. You know, you're bailing in midstream. But people have to say, no, actually, you check in with yourself and you say, no, this is healthier for me. It's just healthier for me not to stand here. You know, there are other ways to talk to me. You don't have to humiliate me. I'm not going to do it anymore. And you're not threatening, I'm going, to get, I'm going to get a divorce or, you know, you're not making a threat. It's just saying, here's how I'm going to operate within the system now. If you escalate, I'm just going to say, can you calm yourself down? And if you have to keep going with the name calling, I'm just not going to participate right now. There's so much great information here. And I love the concept of taking the initiative because I, I picture two people that are walking to a doorway and one says no after you and the other one says no after you and you just keep exactly. going back and forth and exactly. and, then, and nothing happens you're stuck and and like a lot of things in life you made the the analogy to business but nothing gets done a, a lot of times if you wait for consensus and say oh, okay are we all on the exact same page here that we need to address this problem it's like no, we, that's right. That's right. One person needs to take that initiative. Now, where I do in with past guests, we have talked about, and I think it's important to to discuss this. That at what point, when one partner is the one constantly taking that initiative, and there's zero effort by the other side, 
at some <laughs> point something's gotta I guess I don't want to say gotta give like like that's the end but but what would you say to that person that that's in that situation well first of all not every marriage ends up when we do this work when you become solid and whole and you find your voice and you're courageous and you start to take responsibility for the crap that you uh, throw into the relationship and the ways in which you needle your spouse or you give up like when you start to own up and clean up your own uh, destructive behaviors uh, a, you feel better about yourself. You've raised the bar for your own life and you start to live up to it. That feels good. And sometimes people decide not to stay married. So this is not, uh, you know, guaranteed. Uh, you change yourself and you, and there's a guarantee that your spouse will join in the effort. But my experience is that more often than not, when you start to clean up your behavior, there's more room in the relationship and the other person begins to change. You can't, uh, you, you know, you can't maintain uh, a pattern unless two people are engaged in it. There's a, there's a favorite quote that I have from, from Seneca. So this idea goes, you know, back to Roman times. A quarrel is quickly settled when deserted by one party. There is no battle lest there be two. And so if you stop, your, your spouse is left sputtering there. And I've seen people do this where their spouse keeps up calling them names, yelling, you're blaming, blaming, blaming. And they stand there quietly looking. They don't freak out anymore. They don't start crying. They don't start yelling. And their spouse kind of sputters out. And you're, they're just standing there looking at them. And in that moment, the person sees themselves because you're not offering any kind of distraction. So that's one example of how it can go. Um, you know, we all go to this, to the far extreme, you know, the worst partner in the world who never does anything and won't change anything. But, you know, I've, I've hardly ever met anyone who really doesn't want their life to be better. Uh, sometimes they don't know how, Sometimes they don't know how to take responsibility for themselves. Sometimes they're really deep in a pattern of feeling victimized or blaming. And so, so to, to, let, to, to allow yourself to just be stopped by you know, your partner's lack of enthusiasm or lack of vision, uh, you know, it's like you said, as you stand at that door saying, you know, after you, after you, but, but bigger than just after you is this this mistaken idea that I shouldn't have to be the one who goes first. And, and so then nobody goes first and what, and we know how that ends up, you know, it's just miserable and people are hunkered down and they're, they're living parallel lives or they, uh, or they say mistakenly, you know, I feel like I've tried everything. And so this is the thing I say, no, nobody's tried everything. And, and, and we stay stuck because we think it's not fair. Uh, but but I, I like to think of this as being uh, the relationship guardian. Somebody, it's like tending a garden. Somebody actually is looking out for the relationship. In, in heterosexual relationships, it's often the female, but not always. I've actually seen more and more men be the person who's saying things like, we have things we need to address. I'd like to talk about it. 
let's go to therapy. I would say more than half at this point of the phone calls that come to me from couples, the therapy has been initiated by the man. Well, that's great to hear. And there's so much awesome stuff in here. I love the stoic philosophy. Seneca has a lot of great quotes. and, And I love that one that certainly our listeners will be able to apply next time they're in a conflict and to really just take a step back and, and let them quarrel with themselves and, and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Or drop, drop, just drop the rope. I mean, it's, it's amazing when we are in an argument and somebody stops arguing, it's done. I mean, what, what's going to happen? You know, it's the other person that's just going to keep trying to hook you in and they'll, they'll keep trying to hook you in. And then if you don't, if you can kind of glue your shoes to the kitchen floor the person can keep trying to hook you in and you, you don't hook in. This is unhealthy for us. We, I don't think we should go down this road. This is a bad direction. This is one of the things my husband and I say. I think this conversation isn't going anywhere good. I think we should stop. Yeah, I think it's important to do that in a not in a stubborn way where you're just like, hmm, you know, cross I'm your done. arms and right. stare at right. them. I think you need to, right. like you said, say something it's- like that communicate this isn't a good way to go and yeah it's a loving thing to do not an obstructionist thing to do exactly and and it's really about being mindful and and taking a second to understand to take a step back rather than going back and forth in that argument and and no one is going to end up happy and and it's just going to be a damage to your relationship that one partner takes that step recognizes the path you're going down and either communicates more clearly and says, okay, let's, let's try to work this out, but the way we're doing it is not working or that you're saying, let's take a break, but whatever the strategy, it's really just taking that moment to understand that you're going down the wrong path. It's not going to be a productive path and and having the, the capacity to recognize that and to take the lead. Don't wait for your partner to do it and, and make that change. Yeah, you know, it, it really is a very much of a mindfulness-based practice if you want to bring that in because we we can't we can't actually change anything until we've observed uh, ourselves from a from a, a slightly from a slight distance so that we actually know what we're doing so we know what we need to change. We we think, well, I know what needs to change. My partner needs to change. But but maybe what needs to change first is how you freak out when your partner does something or how you, how you, uh, you know, how you freak out, how you, uh, add fuel to the fire. People are not that aware of their part. And when people sit in my office, I say, do you, do you, do you realize what you just said? No. What did I say? You know, that, that people, we don't, we don't observe ourselves saying inflammatory things or things that have, you know, are, are, are a put down or a blame. We just kind of roll along automatically. And so this, actually requires that we slow down and really do some personal inventory. What am I doing here? Not just in general, but right here in this stupid argument. What am I doing? Oh, you know what I'm doing? I'm digging in. I I just worked with a couple this morning and I said, so what do you think your part was in this just silly little interaction that the two of you had? And he said, Oh, I was doing that thing where I pick on one word that she says, and then I just go to town on it. I'm not even listening to her. I want to know, what do you mean by hanging out? And the whole argument went sideways because he hooked on this word. He said, yeah, I hook on these words. This is not good. 
there's so much great stuff in this episode, and I hope our listeners will be able to apply it to their relationships. But when should someone, I'm, I'm talking to our listeners, someone that's like, yeah, it, maybe they've tried this. When should they be seeking out a therapist and, and how can that help their relationship? Well, if, if, you, if you find a therapist who's going to help you follow along the idea of working on yourself, not focusing on your spouse and, and helping, sometimes people just need what, you know, what they refer to as a safe space to talk about things because at home they blow up or you know, get volatile. And I, I would say that that's the biggest benefit. Well, there's plenty of benefits, but that's one of the biggest benefits of having a good couples therapist is that you you will learn how to just how to sit there and and calm yourself down while you actually listen and be curious about your spouse. Um, but but I want to go back. You know, maybe I'm like my client uh, picking on a particular word, but I want to go back to we've already tried that. Uh, actually. I thought I had tried everything, uh, but what I hadn't really tried is really letting go of this idea that I couldn't do anything constructive if my spouse kept doing what he was doing. It, 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 it just, once I started to actually change myself, a, a surprising thing happened, which is that I noticed that without supervision or instruction from me, my husband was actually changing himself too. And I, you know, it was just, I was busy focusing on myself, but then we would have experiences where he would become the more level-headed fighter. He, he would say things like I said before, hey, wait a minute, this isn't going anywhere good. We should stop. Or he would say, oh, yeah, I could see what you mean, where he used to just dig in. But, and I think that the difference is that when we get solid and strong, we're not really arguing or bargaining or cajoling for our partner's buy-in. You become a bit of a force to reckon with. And I, and I mean that in a, in a kind of loving way. You, you know, people, people say, um, you know, I, I got to hand it to my spouse. She's starting to... Um, call me on my stuff. I mean, I don't like it, but I, I, I got to hand it to her. She's, she's really got some guts. I think the key here is, is that self-awareness and understanding that if you want change in the relationship, it's not about changing your partner and what they're doing that's upsetting you. You, you need to look within first what you can control. And a lot of times, like that instance that you mentioned, when you work on it yourself, when you make the changes for yourself and recognize them, the things that you want to see happen in the relationship begin to manifest themselves. They really do. And this is a kind of leap of faith uh, piece of it. You know, it's, it's not like fantasy land. This is, I've done this with hundreds and hundreds of couples where we come in thinking, uh, we're in this like this three-legged race, and and we you know we want to get the the thing off of our ankles so that we can move and we can challenge the rules and we can reach for things and we can be we can be courageous we can um, take a stand and not be so focused on 
how we're going to, what reaction we're going to get. You know, we, we stop thinking, I can't do this. I say to people, you, yeah, it's not that you can't do this. You can say it, you can bring it up, but you can't be guaranteed that your spouse is going to say, oh, honey, thank you for sharing. Your spouse might have some kind of reaction. You might get an eye roll. You might get some kind of quippy response, but that doesn't mean that you should back up or back off. Uh, it just means that change happens slowly. This is not a process that happens. I'll take a stand one time and then my marriage is going to be transformed. It takes time. This is not a quickie, 10 easy steps to paradise model. It really is about growing yourself, growing into being a solid adult who's going to take care of your own role, who's going to be your, you're going to be your own voice. You're going to, um, Take responsibility for yourself and know the stuff that's not about you. You know, I, if, if your spouse says, you, you know, you're a person who, you're a blah, blah, blah. You, do we have to argue with that? You check with yourself. Is that true? Is that not true? If it's true, you say, you've got a good point. If it's not true, you think to yourself, well, I don't know that that may not be about me. That may be about her. And so we, we begin to sort what is my stuff and what is not my stuff? Um, but but this is also not a model that's about being kind of two little islands living in one house. It really is about growing up, turning yourself into somebody who's going to take kind of stewardship of your relationship. And the big fear that, that stops people is this isn't going to be fair. I'm going to do too much work. And Somebody, you know, somebody takes the lead. It's, it's, that, that's just the way it goes. And as you said, you know, if everybody, if you wait and you wait, nothing happens, but that really isn't the same thing as having tried everything. Absolutely. And before we go to the lasting love round, I would just encourage all of our listeners out there who find themselves in this situation, take that lead, take the leap. Don't, don't wait any longer and start making changes. So really appreciate all the great information and value in the first part of the interview here. Now we're going to go forward to the lasting love round. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Talkspace. If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it probably for about the last month. And what it is, is it's an app that connects you with a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. And listening to this podcast is great. You're going to get a lot of great information from our guests. But a lot of times to really see change in yourself, in your relationship, it's helpful to talk to a licensed expert. And that's what Talkspace makes it easier than ever to do. So what you need to do is go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word. And you will get $30 off your first month. That helps the podcast. It helps us. And it's going to help you. So again, that's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's I-D-O. And you will get a $30 discount on your first month. And you're going to improve yourself, improve your relationship from the comfort of your home off of your smartphone. Talkspace. Therapy for how we live today. 
What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? One thing, um, I would say my current favorite at the moment is to interpret the highest possible motive to your spouse rather than be uh, suspicious. Like if somebody is late, uh, rather than think, I don't think you care about me, uh, to think, uh, you know, wow, there was a long day and maybe there was traffic, that to not, not ascribe the uh, lowest motive, but actually to ascribe the higher motive. I love that recommendation and kind of a similar thing that I, I try to remind myself with all relationships is don't ascribe to malice what can often be explained by ignorance or you can replace ignorance with busyness or, or whatever it is. But when someone, Lack of focus, yeah, that's right. when someone yeah. whether it's your spouse or, or at work, uh, when someone's not responding to an email, it's not because oftentimes, majority of the times, it's not because they just are trying to make you mad or they just don't care. It's because they're busy or because a million other things. But we like to assign that, like you said, the, the worst possible uh, thing that, that it's coming from. Yeah, and so then what that that breeds a kind of cl- a climate of defensiveness and competition and you know a lack of, of of kind of kindness and softness, which doesn't mean we should take advantage of it and you know and you know be a jerk because we're, our partner is going <clears> to <throat> give us the benefit of the doubt. You know, it really is just it 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 changes the tone of the relationship. You're not arguing over stupid stuff that actually isn't really about you. Um, but but I, I, you know, I always want to go back to the focus on yourself that, that you, 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 know, you need to actually uh, take a look at what you're doing. And so in that example, if, if, you're, if, if your spouse comes home late, you might want to say, boy, it's interesting how, uh, I will, on a daily basis, hit the guy in the face with some kind of complaint. That's probably not going to give me a good relationship. You know, yep, yep, I have some things to complain about, and I might want to say, you know, it's really hard for me when you come home late, but do I have to hit him between the eyes with it? My husband my husband had a, had a rule that I really liked, which was what he called no blues in the morning. And, and what that means is you cannot start the day out complaining about something or, you know, ha- ha- talking about a problem. You start the day out by saying, good morning. How did you sleep? Would you like some coffee? Do you have a minute to say hi? That it's just you start the day and then, you know, a little further down the line, if there's something you need to do, you, know, you can take care of it. So this, my model is not about uh, turning a blind eye to problems. It, it's actually about courageously addressing them from a solid and strong place. I love that example because it's easy to forget. We have a a one and a half year old. So, you know, sometimes she doesn't sleep well or we don't get good sleep. And it's easy to forget that when you wake up a little frustrated from the night before that you're not being appreciative of each other. So I love that reminder to wake up and ask each other, you know, how their sleep was or just do sweet things instead of having those feelings of anxiety or being upset to come out in the forefront. 
Yeah, or or you know the thing that was left over from yesterday. Like, just deal with that later. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? Well, I mean, I, you know, there's certainly my new book has come out, which is all about um, taking you know taking the lead. It's called "It Takes One to Tango." Uh, it's a you know, it's got lots of practical advice. It tells my story and the story of many, many couples that I work with who were all trying to figure out how to create a more satisfying, loving relationship, uh, at, you know, on their own, uh, you know, it's it, on your own side by side. It's like it's about being connected to yourself and your partner at the same time. Great. Well, we'll be sure to have your book on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. Thank you. We've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you give newlyweds? Oh, yes. I, my favorite advice to newlyweds is that don't expect sex to stay hot and steamy for 60 years without effort. <laughs> that in some way, just to expect that relationships are going to have their ups and downs and that to um, to not expect that you're going to be on a 60-year honeymoon. Um, and let's see, newlyweds. Um, it's the same thing. Take the lead. Early on, young couples that I work with, they when they start out, not expecting their partner to read their mind or to... Um, or to always take the lead, they they start out on a, on better footing where they're each putting in their hundred percent. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Um, I think that one of the keys to when you're looking when you're looking for a, a partner is somebody who's willing to take the adventure with you, knowing that it isn't going to be a walk in the park. That, that marriage is more of a kind of a, a long walk up, up a, you know, an, a, an advent, it's an adventurous walk. And so somebody who's willing to be curious and put in some effort uh, is, a good, is a good investment. Um, you know, somebody who, who is going to take some responsibility for themselves uh, and not expect that uh, the relationship is going to be terrific without putting in effort. There's, you know, there's this debate in the in the marriage world whether marriage should take whether marriage takes work or whether it doesn't take work. So I land on the side of it doesn't. It, it absolutely takes work. Uh, it doesn't take backbreaking, you know, chain gang kind of work. You know, backbreaking chain gang kind of work. It takes concerted effort and commitment and attention. And so if any partner who actually shares that particular willingness is a good, is a good idea. Great. Well, I love all of those tips. We're definitely going to be able to put them into our relationship. Well, Winifred, we've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Uh, my book, you can find information about my book, at onetotango.com. I also have a, a relationship uh, advice blog called Speaking of Marriage. So it's chock full of good ideas. All, all of this stuff is really comes from a very hopeful place that people can 
grow and change and uh, and build satisfying relationships, often when they actually think that uh, they're almost at a dead end. Our listeners can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.